Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts. We concluded Antichrist Part 2, Part 1, which I actually titled Antichrist 2, Part 1, previously. And again, just a a very quick uh, explanation of that. As I mentioned in the uh, first recording, on the TorahOfMessiah.org website, there are actually two discussions of Antichrist. There's Antichrist Part 1 and Antichrist Part 2. Antichrist Part 1 is more lengthy, 30 pages, basically, 30 PDF-written pages, and is more of, a, of an in-depth introduction to the entire discussion of Antichrist. And then in Antichrist Part 2, which is shorter in length, 18 pages, we then get into the actual definition of Antichrist. I chose to begin with part two because most people are actually more interested to get right to the meat of the subject. So I figured, okay, I'll I'll record part two in a podcast, and then after that I would record part one later. And on the podcast and in YouTube, you'll see them entitled as two part one or two part two, etc., and then in the part ones, it will be one part one, one part two, so forth. So that's just so that you can distinguish which ones actually get right into the literal definition, into the depth of the discussion of Antichrist. So this is the second of Antichrist 2, and so it's Antichrist 2, part 2. And we concluded part 1 where we were about to discuss the actual definition of Antichrist. So here we go, Antichrist, uncovering its true definition. As we briefly mentioned in the previous discussion, Antichrist is actually a combination of two Greek words, anti and Christos. The literal meaning of Antichrist is adversary of Christ, usurper of Christ, instead of Christ, note that, instead of Christ, opposite to Christ, or in place of Christ. Now, pay particular attention on instead of and in place of. The translations of instead of Christ and in place of Christ emphasize how they are equivalent to the following terms, which are therefore also legitimate translations of the term antichristos or antichrist. So antichrist can literally mean, literally, it can be translated as a bogus Christ, a fake Christ, an imitation Christ, a substitute Christ, a phony Christ or a counterfeit Christ. So, the term Antichrist could literally mean a bogus or counterfeit Messiah. Christian and counterfeit Messianic leaders may claim that they do explain the meaning of the term Antichrist. They may state that everything I just said as being the meaning of Antichrist is what they also explain. However, here is the problem. Though they may properly explain the meaning of the term, and often they don't, but let's say they do. 
So maybe they'll explain the meaning of the term. Maybe they will actually translate the term Antichrist, as I just did. But they then smother that meaning underneath their incorrectly taught fulfillment of the alleged Antichrist scenario. They focus upon the popular understanding, which is that Antichrist refers to some evil and powerful personality who will arise on the world stage in the end times. They do this despite the lack of evidence in the New Testament wherever Antichrist is discussed, which, as we have seen in the previous discussion, only occurs in four verses within the first and second epistles of John. Such a focus by Christian and counterfeit Messianic leaders suppresses and effectively negates the more logical understanding which is easily grasped by the simple meaning of the term Antichrist as we just translated. Therefore, such leaders perform a bait-and-switch or a sleight-of-hand deceptive form of teaching as they focus their audience away from the more legitimate and simple meaning of Antichrist. In effect, they focus their audience away from the literal meaning and translation of the term Antichrist. Also, often the term Antichrist is capitalized with a capital A. The capitalization is completely unfounded, biased, and so pervasive and common that even spell checkers in software continually attempt to correct the spelling if it is not capitalized. The capitalization is done in order to force a person's opinion along the path of believing what Christian leaders wish for you to accept. Antichrist Actively present for 2,000 years It is useful at this time to note a couple of verses from earlier in John's first epistle. I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. Now notice this, listen closely. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Traditional Christianity and counterfeit messianism seem to have somehow erased these verses from the pages of the New Testament. Why do traditional Christian leaders focus almost exclusively on the concept of some future individual they label as Antichrist when these verses from the Epistle of John make it abundantly clear that the Antichrist was present even during the time that John penned his epistle? In fact, it clearly states that many Antichrists were present. How could John have been any clearer? 
The Source New Testament, which is an excellent new translation, supports the certain fact that the Antichrist is not a single individual, thus providing more evidence, which proves that the exaggerated, sensationalized myth prevalent among many Christian groups is false and intentionally deceptive. The following quote is taken from a translator's note within the First John section of that publication on page 479. Again, this is quoting from the Source New Testament, which is an excellent New Testament translation. Quote, Antichrist, or anti-anointings, not an individual. And again, I'm quoting verbatim. Antichrist, or anti-anointings, not an individual. There is much, much speculation among some Christian groups as to who the Antichrist will be in the end times. However, the Antichrist, as an actual soul person, is just a myth. The term is not mentioned at all in Revelation, and in fact is mentioned only in this letter, that is the first epistle of John, and in Second John, just once. John uses the term in the plural. He says that anyone who denies that Jesus is the anointed one is an antichrist or anti-anointing, and says that many antichrist or anti-anointings have come into the world. At no point does John refer to an, that is singular, antichrist or anti-anointing, as an individual. So again, at no point does John refer to an antichrist or anti-anointing as an individual. There appears to be some confusion among many contemporary Christians who appear to have confused the beast of Revelation with the term antichrist. Again, the term antichrist is never used to refer to an individual. And the term appears only here, that is in the first epistle of John, and in second John, and does not appear in Revelation. End quote. Now, I came across that quote from the Source New Testament actually long after, years after, I had first written this material and placed it on the TorahMessiah.org website. So basically, this was confirmation from a completely unknown source at the time that I wrote it to what I'm t- telling you now in these podcasts. The replacement of the term Christ, and again, that's I've completed the quote, the replacement of the term Christ with anointing in the source New Testament quote I just read is accurate. However, in order to reduce confusion, I will continue to use the term Christ within this discussion. Antichrist, a phony, bogus, counterfeit Christ. It is very important to grasp the meaning of the word that translators conveniently chose to not translate from the original Greek. The term Antichrist, as proven previously, literally means adversary of the Messiah in place of the Messiah instead of the Messiah, or usurper of the Messiah. 
It can also mean a replacement, phony, bogus, or counterfeit Messiah or counterfeit Christ. John made it perfectly clear that many Antichrists had gone out from them, the earliest believers, the earliest followers of Yeshua, teaching false doctrine regarding Messiah Yeshua. Those Antichrist or usurpers of the true Messiah were promoting doctrines that presented a Christ that was in place of or instead of the true Messiah. They were basically promoting a counterfeit Messiah. That's what they were doing. They were promoting a, a bogus Christ. It is also quite likely that he was additionally referring to those who denied that Yeshua is the Messiah, which would also fit the meaning of Antichrist as a usurper of Christ or an adversary of Christ. Note also, John refers to multiple Antichrist. Therefore, it is probable and feasible to assume that different types of Antichrist are being referenced by the Apostle John. Some Antichrist may have rejected Yeshua as Messiah altogether, and other Antichrist may have presented Messiah in a way that deviated from John's understanding of Messiah. Since the error of those who deny that Yeshua is Messiah requires no explanation, I will hereafter focus on the other, less obvious meaning that could apply to the term Antichrist. Okay, John was a Hebrew, a Jew of the first century. It is therefore probable that the us the Apostle John refers to in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19 were his Judaic brethren, his Jewish brethren, who followed Yeshua the Messiah as defined from their Hebraic context. That's what he meant when he said, quote, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Now remember, the us that John almost certainly referred to were himself and his Jewish brethren, the original followers of Yeshua. These people, whoever they were, had ingratiated themselves to John and his friends, his Jewish friends. They assumed, that is John, that these people agreed with them. But then eventually, as John said, they went out from us. So they basically betrayed John and his Jewish brethren. They betrayed the Hebraic understanding that John and all the original followers of Yeshua accepted and believed when they ever, whenever they promoted the term Messiah or Christ. These people who went out from John, from the apostle, of the apostle John, deviated and broke away from the original meaning and understanding of Yeshua the Messiah, the original definition and description of the work and mission of Messiah. Whoever these people were, they eventually betrayed and broke away from John and the original followers of Messiah and went out promoting false doctrines. Indeed, 
they probably went out and began to promote a bogus, phony, counterfeit Christ. All right. In the part one discussion of Antichrist, now when I say part one, I'm referring to the written material on the TorahMessiah.org website, which will be recorded later. In that part one discussion, there is a section that is entitled, quote, Second, False Prophets Appear and Deceive Many, end quote. I pointed out within that material how, as a result of being driven from the synagogues, banished from where they could have access to Torah scrolls, and after being severely persecuted by Rome and fellow Jews who opposed Yeshua Judaism, that the fledgling faith system of Yeshua's followers began to be dominated by leaders who were grossly unqualified and ignorant of Torah. I stated within that material, quote, As a result, because the numbers of remaining followers of Yeshua would have grown increasingly bereft of Torah scholars capable of properly leading them, Torah ignorant men would have stepped in to fill the void. And as discussed above, Hadrian ensured that would happen. Thus, the faith, now I'm talking referring to Emperor Hadrian, Hadrian. Thus, the faith of and in Yeshua slowly began to be overtaken by Torah ignorant leaders, whose worldviews and conceptual understandings of religion were largely based upon Roman Empire paganism. End quote. It is quite possible that the Torah ignorant leaders who usurped power from the original pro-Torah leaders of Yeshua's followers were among those to whom John referred, since they were, as John described, from us, that is, they had participated in fellowship previously, but they were not of us, meaning they were not Torah-knowledgeable Jews. Otherwise, they would have continued with us, meaning they would have remained loyal to the Torah faith and proper Torah-based understanding of Messiah. He also said they went out, that is, they abandoned the central Torah-based faction and began to promote a distorted and corrupt pagan Roman concept of Messiah. And finally, he said, thus it was proven none of them were of us. That is, they were not loyal to the Torah faith and Torah truths regarding Messiah. They're separating from us, that is, from John and the loyal followers of Yeshua, proved that they were never, ever, actually among the true followers. So that's what John meant when he said they were from us, but not of us, that they, they did not continue with us, they went out, and none of them were of us. That's what John is meaning, that these people had at one time ingratiated themselves and appeared to be in agreement, or at least in some way in fellowship, with John and the original followers, but eventually John, the Apostle John, and the more legitimate followers of Yeshua recognized that these people indeed were not of them, and that they went out from them promoting false concepts of Messiah and indeed of the entire teachings of Messiah. 
the true Hebraic context of Messiah, with which John and his brethren, that is the us John refers to, with which they were familiar, had the following two central characteristics, which I prove elsewhere on this website. Now, this is very important. These are the two primary characteristics of the original true followers of Messiah, of which John was one of them. First, they believed that Messiah was the anointed one or the sent one, the fully empowered human agent and future earthly king chosen, chosen by the almighty creator God, Yehovah. He was not God in the flesh. I discussed the critical issue of what it means to be the agent or shaliach of the living God in a separate article and how this factors into proving that Messiah is not God in the flesh. When one understands the Hebraic meaning of shaliach or agent, all the mystery regarding Messiah's relationship with God is removed and the simple truth is easily seen. It is for this reason that you will likely never hear that issue discussed by your pastor. However, you will find it within the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts. So that's the first characteristic that John and his true brethren would have felt regarding Messiah. The second characteristic is that Messiah was indisputably and firmly pro-Torah or pro-law. The true Messiah was a devoted keeper and promoter of the ineffable eternal God's eternal instructions. Please listen to the discussion in which I ask the question, does traditional Christianity actually promote following Christ? Listen to that discussion for irrefutable proof of what I just said. And by the way, the answer to that question is no, and I prove it in that discussion. Christianity actually promotes opposition to Christ. And I prove it, and it's very easy to prove. Therefore, any definition of Messiah or Christ which possessed characteristics which contradicted with those two primary attributes that John and the original followers believed regarding Messiah, any definition that differed, differed with that was usurping and replacing the true Messiah and was, therefore, a counterfeit or phony Christ. It was, and still is, using the literal definition of the term, an Antichrist. So if it violated those two characteristics that I just went through, any belief of Messiah, any concept of Messiah that violates either of those two characteristics is that the promotion of an Antichrist. If it deviates from those, it is a bogus Christ. Now I will discuss the spirit of Antichrist. Within the context of John's discussion of the spirit of Antichrist mentioned in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, is the following verse. And I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verse 6. This is the New King James Version. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this 
we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, the term spirit of Antichrist is mentioned in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. Here, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, we have the term spirit of error. Due to its proximity to the statement mentioning Antichrist, which is just three verses earlier, we can easily deduce, using necessary inference, that the spirit of Antichrist, in verse 3, is equated to a spirit of error in verse 6. Clearly, the Antichrist represents errors, false teachings that were and still are being spread. This is very important to remember. This is an important point to remember. Please listen. The spirit of Antichrist equals the spirit of error, equals false doctrines regarding Messiah. The Antichrist primarily represents a set of false teachings. Let me repeat that. The term Antichrist primarily represents a set of false teachings. Those who accept the doctrines promoted by the spirit of error are unintentional victims of and promoters of the spirit of Antichrist. So, the Antichrist was and is representative of a doctrine or set of doctrines that oppose the truth concerning Messiah or Christ. This set of doctrines was already beginning to be spread in the latter part of the first century, actually in the middle first century, as false teachers betrayed the truth and went out promoting teachings that were and still are in opposition to the true Messiah. Okay, at this point I'm going to conclude this part two of Antichrist 2. And the reason I'm concluding actually a little bit earlier, normally I would go at least 30 minutes, but I'm about to get into the um, more explosive parts of this discussion. And it I, I don't want to interrupt that once I get going. And if I get into that now, this discussion will probably last uh, potentially well beyond an hour and I would rather it not last that long. So I'm going to pause here and hold on, because part three of Antichrist 2 is where you be, we will begin to hear the, the material that will cause me to be hated. But as I said in part one, I don't care. People need to hear the truth. It is time for people to wake up and return to God. And this is one of the primary discussions in the TorahMessiah.org uh, series of discussions where basically it becomes rebuke. People need to straighten out. They need to follow the true God. They need to follow the true Christ. And they need to stop rejecting the Torah of the living God, which in doing so causes them to oppose Christ. So, before I get into that rebuke mode, I'm going to pause and hang on 
and be listening for part three because that's where it's going to get really exciting. So thank you for listening and goodbye.